Hey, everybody. Welcome to Laughing with Gingers. A funny podcast with two feisty redheads who share crazy stories to see who can make the other laugh the loudest. That lovely voice is Christina Curry, my partner in crime on Laughing with Gingers. And that is Sarah Alpin, the co-host of Laughing with Gingers. So this is part two, a.k.a. a bonus episode from um, Curls and Cackles because we just had so much fun with this super cool lady and amazing human that we did not have enough time to go through everything. So we want to welcome back Maddie from Living with Pickles. Yay! I know we had so much to talk about, and I didn't get through nearly anything, so <laughs> we're really happy to have you back on, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Round two, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you remind everyone real quick about what is Living with Pickles, just as a quick refresher? Yeah, Living with Pickles is the name of our, our Instagram and Facebook account, and I basically live with a huge menagerie of different rescue animals, different species uh, that all cohabitate and get along, and then I do a lot of rescue work as well, so it's a lot of dogs, puppies, sometimes a baby cow, sometimes it's a goat, it's a pig, it's really, I just go wherever I'm needed, so that's what I do, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of animal stuff, and then the occasional, like, cocktail tutorial, (laughs) it's a good combination, animals and cocktails, I love it, I love it, (laughs) All right. Well, are we ready to jump right in? Yes. Tell us a story, Sarah. (laughs) All right. Well, so this is a hometown story, and I referenced it last time, Um, but this happened – so when Philippe and I lived in DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C., we were probably two miles max, like max from the zoo, Mm -hmm. um, the Smithsonian National Zoo. So – This happened essentially in our neighborhood. Um, So, missing red panda found in Adams Morgan. What's in Adams Morgan? Adams Morgan's the neighborhood next to DuPont. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, missing red panda found in strip of bars area. (laughs) Ah, Hey, animals and cocktails. There you go. He knows. (laughs) (laughs) He knew what was up. (laughs) So ironically, it starts off with, oh, and this is from the Washington Post. How could Rusty know? (laughs) But I would be so excited. That's (laughs) Drinking with a red panda. I mean, come on. That sounds so magical. I know. I love red pandas. I used to go and visit one in Bhutan when I worked there. Um, It's a small country, uh, like in the foothills of the Himalayas in Asia. And I used to work with the World Wildlife Fund there. And they had a red panda who, a monk, was rehabilitating and lived with this monk. And I would go and feed it cookies every day. Her name was So I have a special spot in my heart for red pandas. Oh. That is so dang cute. What kind of cookies did she eat? Like little like tea cookies, like biscuits. <laughs> oh, it's precious. Yeah. She loves them. <laughs> oh. Well, this story.
story's a little different than that. Oh, no! <laughs> but it's, it's good. It's good. Don't okay. worry. Okay. We're a laughing podcast, Sarah, just a reminder. No crying. Yeah, it's not Debbie Downer with gingers. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So he was new to town, just in from the Children's Zoo in Nebraska, um, and had been in the Smithsonian National Zoo for only a few weeks. Um, but when you're a panda in Washington, even a small red panda, you have to take uh, power um, on a steamy Monday. <laughs> you're going to get some buzz. What? So, I, I, I think I might have copy pasted that wrong. But when you're a panda in Washington, even a small red panda, and you take a powder on a steamy Monday, what's that? I have no idea. I mean, it's your area. Is that like a weird slang thing? No. No, I don't know what it means. <laughs> Are you drunk, Sarah? <laughs> I know, right? It's like two in the afternoon. <laughs> Already. All right. Back to it. Uh, when the youthful Rusty was discovered to be missing at 7.30 a.m. on Monday, the zoo went into code green, um, the alert for an escaped animal. Panda Crazy Washington went into code red. So we are crazy here about pandas, like super crazy. If there is like, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not particularly crazy about pandas. Um, they're just not like my, you know, animal that I'm obsessed with. But um, that's elephants and giraffes in case anyone wanted to know. Um, <laughs> and um so like, but it's like a huge deal here, anything that's happening with the pandas. So um, the, <laughs> from the Twitteropolis to the streets of Ad Adams Morgan, where Rusty was eventually nabbed, media swarmed. The police got involved. Former president can presidential candidate Newt Gingrich, I didn't even remember he ran for president, a noted zoo lover jested on Twitter that he was not involved and had an alibi. <laughs> Someone yelled a question about red pandas at the White House briefing. <laughs> then um, a woman and her family were walking down the street after lunch, spotted Rusty on, um, on the run at 21st and Biltmore, which is like right by our house, um, and snapped some pictures and tweeted them. They didn't know Rusty was missing, but figured this was no raccoon, so they called the zoo. <laughs> by the time the pinch was made after a search across streets and rooftops by animal curators with nets and, um, a hand, and handheld radios, um, my thing just scrawled, um, Rusty was a sensation on social media and on non-social media. <laughs> Oh, Rusty. He was he was crated after uh, at two p.m. and um, <laughs> the, of course all of this was out like everywhere on social media and like everyone's following it. No one got anything done at work that day. <laughs> um, and he re was reported to be in good health at the animals or at the animal hospital on Monday. So here's the funny thing about. Um, there, there's some more info in here, but here's the funny thing about this. So in DC, there's this like thing where after you drink, you go get jumbo slice pizza. Um, 
So that's a thing across all countries. Okay. So it's like that's universal, Sarah. (laughs) Like jumbo slice. Yeah. Yeah, it's available. Yeah. Pizza and drinking is like peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) Or like, you know, pickles and ice cream. No, that's not a thing. I was trying to throw it back to pickles, but I was like. I mean, Pickles the pig probably does like ice cream. He is a fan. This is true. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, the jumbo slice. Jumbo slice actually originated in Adams Morgan, like the big slices of pizza. um, And they like stayed, it's like a thing. Anyway, people are really proud of it in DC. But um, it's this strip of bars. And after the weekend, because Sunday's a big brunch and drinking day, and then you like roll into football. Um, so it's disgusting. There's like jumbo slice everywhere. So the amount of what, what I can only imagine jumbo slice, this poor red panda ate oh, is oh, so gross. Oh, I see. Oh, his belly must have hurt. <laughs> Suddenly my little cookies that I was feeding my red panda seemed like a lot healthier of an option. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, this was not the same experience. <laughs> poor panda was probably so bloated. <laughs> oh my god! Very relatable. <laughs> yeah, um, Maddie, you want to hop in here with the most recent pickles bloating story? <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like, which one? I feel like every day it's something. He's getting into something. Like yesterday. He locked himself in my bathroom and went into the bathroom garbage and ate a bar of soap. So he's a pig. He's always something. Yeah. So I I opened the door because I was like, where is he? And then he had locked himself in the bathroom and there was just garbage everywhere. (laughs) So who knows what else he ate, but I do know he ate the bar of soap. Which is not his first time he's done that also. He did that a couple years back. (laughs) I feel like that was a story that you shared on our first part one podcast. I feel like I remember him eating soap. Oh, you're right. What a callback. Nice. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I don't remember. So go, Christina. (laughs) Mm. Um, I know. Look at me. That is hysterical. Um, yeah, and when your mom was there, he got into like all of the dog food, didn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, he ate so much dog food. I know. I was like, "Look alive, Kelly!" <laughs> like there are dog food bags <laughs> on the ground. The pig will eat the dog food, and then I see her being like, "Shoo, shoo, hey, hey, hey!" <laughs> Running over to him. I'm like, I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> you live with the pig. You must be prepared at all times. <laughs> yeah, hyper vigilant about okay. food of any kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that boy. is food focused dogs, man. Food focused dogs find all the food. I also have a Frenchie who will just eat our socks, like fully eat them and then regurgitate them later. And this has happened like multiple times. And so clearly she does, she hasn't learned. She's not the smartest dog. And she also, I have two French bulldogs that have no um, acknowledgement of their own well-being, or like they're, they just are constantly putting themselves in harm's way without any 
any regard to their own well-being or safety. <laughs> so, yeah, so she just, she's, we call her a garbage dog because she literally will just go outside and eat garbage. Like pickles, at least, he does not eat garbage, but the Frenchie will. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I have my hands full over here. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh boy all right christina what do you have for us um, or am i going next i forgot yeah do you have a game you want to play a game i do i have a game so um you can both play oh boy it is what is your red-headed spirit animal <laughs> ah so here are the options that I have. Red panda, mm -hmm. red fox, red retriever, summer tanager, uh, which is a bird, yeah, a bird, okay. and a ginger tabby. Mm. Okay, so we have to say like what we w would be. I already know what I would be. I know what I would want to be, but if I'm being honest with myself, I know what I am. And it's the, can you guess, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the retriever. <laughs> yeah. Just like complete, like, uncontrollable need to please people. <laughs> like, not good with confrontation, hate getting in trouble. Like, my brand is, like, very wholesome. <laughs> I wish I was the fox because I feel like that's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm unpredictable. I'm a lone wolf. I don't need people. I can be solitary on my own. I can, like, and be fly. fly and sneaky and clever. But I'm really just, like, a, a bubbly, bumbling golden retriever. <laughs> Oh my god, you wrapped that up so nicely, Maddie. I'm gonna fail at this game. <laughs> well, I have the description for all of them too. Although Maddie's description covered things that are so true and are not listed here. So go girl. Yeah, um, she did real good on that. Just all yeah, she did. on the fly. Okay, yeah. I need a description because I need to hone in on this. Okay. So red panda is introverted, goofy, and cuddly. Hmm. These little creatures help uh, or can't help but look extremely cuddly, and I'm sure the red fur is a major contributor to that. Despite the appearance of red panda, uh, or despite that appearance, red pandas spend a lot of time alone, reserving their social times for mating season. Perhaps how they spend, <laughs> perhaps how you spend your time until bar hopping. Um, <laughs> If you're cuddly and a little goofy, but also tend to value solitude, you might be a red panda. All right. Nope. <laughs> I am and an there is <laughs> the red fox. Responsible, Ooh. playful, and a good time. <laughs> I might be a red fox. <laughs> Often parts equally majestic and playful, these gorgeous red foxes embody their ever mischievous side some of us redheads have in spades. They mate for lives and share responsibilities of raising the pups, 
proving that playful can still be responsible. If you've settled down, but you know how to have a good time, you're likely a red fox. <laughs> mm, I'm not settled, so I don't think I'm a red fox. <laughs> <laughs> red retriever, loyal and loving. Oh. <laughs> That's what Maddie already said. It's so I great. Know. I know. She actually said it better, I think. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, wait till you hear this description. I think Maddie's wins. Um, a sometimes lesser known member of the Retriever family, these dogs are as loyal as they are gorgeous. They have all the best qualities of Retrievers with the benefit of even more beautiful coat of fur. If you're good at what you do and stick by those you love while also being a fabulous redhead, you're probably a Red Retriever. Yeah, Maddie said it so well. I know. You did good, girl. <laughs> well, this is a perfect game for me, so. <laughs> and then there's the summer tanager. I don't know which one I am, so I'd love to hear what you all think after I go through these. Um, they like to stand out and are known for making cameos. This is the most unique animal on our list as these birds are only completely uh, red are the only completely red bird in North America. The females create the nests often with minimal help from the males and I'm sure um, there are those of us redheads who can commiserate with that. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps because of that, these birds tend to be solitary most of the year. If you're looking at taking care of yourself, or if you're good at taking care of yourself, but like to stand out from the crowd, the summer tanager is all you. Hmm. And then there's the ginger tabby. Sassy, friendly, opinionated, sweet, and loving. <laughs> the sassiest animal on the list. These animals technically aren't an actual breed, but their personalities are so distinct, they might as well be. Based on studies done, ginger cats are consistently the friendliest and most adorable of all cats. Whoever wrote this is super redhead biased. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? I was like, are they though? Uh, <laughs> like, how can you base? It's just a color. It's not a breed thing. But okay, whatever. I'm bought, like, we'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> they also said that it was the most magical color on the dog and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, but that's neither here nor there. They don't have the uh, distance or attitude other cats are known to have, making them definitely uh, top dogs of the cat world. If you're sweet and love people, then you've found your spirit animal. I think you're the cat, Sarah, or the fox. I think you're the cat. I think you're I the ginger tabby. Just based on that description. Would you say you think I'm the fox? Based on their description. <laughs> yeah, because you you can be like, I don't know, you you I think you're yeah, the fox. I actually think based on that description, I fall I mean, because I like to play so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're a little trickster. <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll claim the cat. I'll claim the cat. <laughs> I Yeah, I feel like you're the ginger tabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the most one, most like me. I actually thought I was going to be the bird. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> the description isn't anything like me at all. <laughs> no, I was gravitating towards the bird too because my spirit animal is a peacock. So it's like a bird family, but not that bird. <laughs> Do you have a spirit animal, Maddie? I feel like my spirit animal is kind of a golden retriever because like <laughs> me and Doodle, my, I have a golden retriever and we're both so similar um, that we like get in each other's way a lot of the time. Like we're both very anxious creatures as well. So we, our anxiety, we feed off of each other. <laughs> um, so yes, I would probably say uh, a golden retriever or like an, like an otter or something. Oh, like that. Yeah, definitely. I don't think a predatory animal uh, or a solitary animal. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if I have a spirit fun. animal. I don't think I do. Well, I mean, I'm sure I do. You don't I have one? Know what it is. <laughs> I guess now I, I have the fox. I have a circle of, yeah, you could be the fox. <laughs> I have a circle of friends that we tell each other, like we say who like their spirit animal is, but you can't say your own, like you can't have your own opinion on it. And it's like this little group of friends that we've all assigned a spirit animal to each other. <laughs> Wait, so what, what was yours? Mine was the peacock because have you ever heard of peacock? <laughs> <laughs> They're real loud. And I can be a little like my, I can be a little flashy sometimes, not on purpose, like draw attention just because my, my person always a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also I can be very aggressive. And so like in, um, I, my, this person I met told me a story about how she lived in India and in the rice fields there, the workers are in water to their knees. And the problem is there's a lot of cobras in the water but they, they have peacocks around their farms and they keep them there because the peacocks literally dive down and like grab the king cobras out and like eat them. So they're very like aggressive when they can be and like take charge and like take care of people and their safety is how I see it. And I kind of do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. All right, so should we head to break real quick? And then sure. when we come back. Do you want a funny bird name to? to oh yeah, funny bird name. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, funny bird name. Oh my God. Close this out with a funny bird name, please, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with the coot and we will be right back on Last <laughs> of the Gingers. And we are back. Thank you all for tuning into Laughing with Gingers. And we have Maddie here from Living with Pickles. And um, on our break, we were talking about, <laughs> Christina, what did you ask? I was, well, we were talking about the funny bird name, like how birds as a species has the best names ever, uh, slightly sexual. And I was trying to think of what the word is for people who maybe study birds. And Sarah's like, well, bird watcher's a birder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Is it an orniculturist? Is that who studies birds? That sounds kind of okay. 
Maddie's like, I've know. got no idea. Ah! <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I was going more in the aviator space because an atrium, <laughs> an atrium is <laughs> a bird space. I don't know. What am I saying? I don't even know. Well, because also flying, but all I can now picture is a peacock wearing aviators. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Ooh, that is one cool peacock. <laughs> I feel like I need to add that to the family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Butters would explode. <laughs> I have a very aggressive chicken named Butters who hates everything, myself included, except for herself. And, uh, she'd probably not like having a gigantic bird to share her area with. So. No, but that peacock would take no nonsense. For everybody's safety, I probably should not get a peacock. <laughs> It'll like wake up in the morning and Butters will have cut all the feathers off its tail. <laughs> holding, yeah. the, holding the scissors like, take that! <laughs> yeah, and wearing the aviators. Just <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my god, please do one of those Instagram stories where you can put the the sunglasses on something to her. <laughs> oh my god, you know I have those pet sunglasses that strap around. <laughs> she already as if she didn't hate me enough already. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, can I like drop some like history on you guys? Sure. Okay. I don't think I talked about the history of like domesticating animals, did I? A little bit, because we talked about the Frenchies sitting in the laps of the seamstresses. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about when dogs were first domesticated, which they believe scientists found a jawbone in Iraq where it led them to believe that dogs were domesticated over 14,000 years ago. So I was like, in my head thinking, 14, what does that even mean? I don't know what 14,000 years ago means. So then I started going into a deep dive of like human prehistory, prehistory, history, history timeline. So the pyramids are only like 4,000 to 3,000 years old. And so are the Mayan ruins. Wait, how? 14,000 years ago, dogs were domesticated. That's been Why do you have that look on your face, Sarah? That's so long before. Like, what was happening 14,000 years ago? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> wheeled vehicles were only starting to become in use 5,500 years ago. That means also cows got domesticated only 10,500 years ago. Goats were only 12,000 years ago. And sheep were only 13,000 years ago. Pigs, however, were a little bit before dogs. They were 15,000 years ago to maybe around 14,000 years ago. Yeah, they were the first animal to be domesticated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was like, I mean, my mind was starting to get blown with history. So they say, although wolves are the closest relatives to dogs, scientists are able to distinguish the skeletal elements because the wolf's head grows larger through adulthood, whereas that of dogs retain that juvenile, tinier head trait. Tell that to the Frenchies. <laughs> I know, right? 
Or like mastiffs, their heads are huge. <laughs> um, and though dogs have been domesticated for a long time, they have undergone many changes since those earlier years as humans have used selective breeding to create a new dog breed with desired qualities. So the Romans actually preferred colors for their dogs. So they bred their dogs to have certain colors. So a sheep herder's dogs were bred white, so they did not look like wolves at, at night, and so they weren't mistaken as wolves and getting shot. And farmyard, farmyard dogs were black just to scare away thieves that would, like, come to try to rob the farmyards at night. Um, their shapes have also changed. So although smaller body dogs are not a modern invention, the evidence that a dog similar to the Pekingese, a small vulnerable dog, lived in China in the first century AD. Boom. It's kind of crazy. That's so nuts. I know. All right, Sarah, do you have another funny bird name for us? <laughs> I do. Um, the titmouse. Jeez, again, with the sexualization of these birds. <laughs> He's in charge of this industry or this niche. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess I, I, I think that whoever discovers the new species is has naming rights. Actually, I'm not 100% certain about that. But I mean, that sounds right. I wonder if there's a committee that's like, that doesn't sound sexual enough. Go back right. to the drawing board. That's sort of what I'm thinking. Because, you know, it's just oddly coincidental. <laughs> and then there's also the pygmy nut hatch. What? That pygmy. sounds like a chicken coop. <laughs> <laughs> nut hatch? A pygmy nut hatch. Oh, I thought you said hutch. Okay, a nut hatch. It still doesn't make a lot of sense, but it we'll doesn't. <laughs> it's not helpful. <laughs> Do you want to drop uh, some more knowledge on us, Christina? Yeah, sure. Okay, so let's talk about why hasn't man domesticated every animal? After all. A horse and a zebra are pretty similar, but you do not see many people trying to ride a zebra. <laughs> Evolutionary biologist Jared Diamond identified six criteria that an animal must meet in order to domesticate it. Number one is a flexible diet. Pretty sure Pickles has a very flexible <laughs> diet. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, number two is a reasonably fast growth rate, which is kind of weird. But I guess if you're breeding them and domesticating them, you want the babies to grow up pretty quick so you can, like, sell them off. Poor babies. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Like, for, fa for farming purposes and for consumption purposes, you know, the animals don't take too long to grow. That's too much money to, to feed them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's true. And number three is the ability to breed in captivity. That makes sense. Um, number four, I really like pleasant disposition. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess they, you know, I don't know. Is there a scale? Like, mm, this person or this animal is way too not pleasant. Like, um, pickles to butters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, number five is a temperament that makes it unlikely to panic, which I found really interesting. Right. So that would be like, for example, why we haven't domesticated deer, you know, 
Let's oh, yeah. Um, and then when you take like a pig, for example, they, um, they reproduce in captivity and they grow quite quickly. So usually the age of, of slaughter for a pig is six months. So obviously they're still quite young um, when, when it's time for, for Mark to go to market. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you can see, I mean, I wonder how many um, predatory animals have technically been considered domesticated. Obviously you have the dog and you have the cat, but you know, every other one you've listed, chickens and, and um, uh, cows, horses, pigs are all uh, prey animals. Mm -hmm. That's a really good call out. Yeah. Um, well, actually, that actually feeds into number six, which is modifiable social hierarchy. So I guess that's like we can kind of move them along the hierarchy of, you know, consumption. <laughs> Like, I'm never going to be the apex to a great white shark. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> if all goes well. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. A lot of domestication of horses, right, is when you are establishing yourself as the, as the leader or, like, the pack leader amongst dogs. Um, so with a lot of horses, in order to – it's called breaking a horse. Um, when you, you know, train them to – to accept the saddle and to be ridden. Um, the majority of really when you break it down, what you're doing is you're getting that horse to see you as the leader so that they don't panic and so that they, they you know, are able to trust and, and follow direction. And horses are animals that don't want to be the leader, actually. It is not in their nature. They would rather default um, oh. to you. So it's just a matter of establishing that relationship with your horse. Um, and it's interesting seeing those, those exercises uh, done with an entire herd of horses as well mm -hmm. at one time. That, is, that makes a lot of sense. And like they wrap it up saying it makes relatively, it makes sense because a relatively good natured pig is domesticated while a violent war hog is not. And that why we can't oh, use more. zebra for milk. <laughs> Or a squirrel as a circus animal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you imagine zebra milk? But <laughs> oh yeah, zebras are are not easy to domesticate. People have tried, and that's it comes down to just their generalized temperament is uh, very stubborn and not agreeable at all. Not pleasant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had actually two weird things that. I have related to this. Um, one, I grew up right down the street from zebras. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> she, she grew up next to the zoo. Is that what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> next to the zoo. But um, these people, like my neighbors, had zebras. They had two zebras. In their yard? On their horse farm. Yeah, I grew up in the country. Oh, God, I keep forgetting that. I'm picturing like... A front yard with some zebras in it. <laughs> so like my house. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like I basically had a Maddie down the street from me growing up. <laughs> um, but people would like stop their car and get out and try to like touch the zebras. 
And I was always like, oh my God, don't touch that. Like it gave me this like visceral reaction because they're not like, they will bite you. Oh, really? Yeah. They lived Ooh. across the street from the llamas that used to spit at people. So it was a good, uh, it was like a little funnel of animal terror. Oh, <laughs> aggressive animal tunnel. <laughs> Look out. And then the other thing that you just made me think of, which I normally like don't really tell people in public settings, but I've never had a dog before Clouseau. So when I trained him, because I grew up in the country and I grew up riding, I trained him the way that you train a horse. Oh, really? Yes. Wait, like, what's, um, what way is that? Like the way that you like teach to walk on the leash, you it's like very all very similar processes in a way. Um, but I he comes to like that sound and like we oh do. my god, <laughs> she's like Kento. <laughs> 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 and he responds to vocal commands more than he responds to food. Um, and yeah, it's it's funny, but when you actually like, if you look at his, like anything that, you know, any of his like Instagram or anything, shout out to Cluso the inspector, um, you'll see like the things that he enjoys doing are things that you would normally not see a dog necessarily doing, but maybe more like a horse. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so interesting but it set him up so well to be um a service dog mm. because like i you know it's a different like type of training so it was yeah so it made it like a little bit easier for me to navigate training him to be a service dog oh i love that how interesting yeah <laughs> We have one of those really long tethers, even that I trained. <laughs> like you're like lunging him in a circle in the backyard with like a little crop. <laughs> uh, it's that thing he chases, his squishy face friend. Oh. So instead of the crop, I you did it the other way. So it's like the thing he chases. So funny. World's tiniest horse. You need to get him like a, a little saddle and put like a little like I don't know doll on top. Oh my god, is that what I should have him be for Halloween? Yes, yes. <laughs> of course, that's a fun idea. And yeah. put him in little booties so he clumps around. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> or like little like don't aren't the Clydesdale the ones with the like jingle jingles on their uh -huh. draft horses? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Oh, that would be adorable. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have, I, I'm out, but do you have any more like funny bird names? Well, I think we need to discuss why the peacock is a funny bird. Name. <laughs> we don't really yeah. have to discuss um. it, but it, why doesn't anyone ever notice that except me? <laughs> I mean, I think we all notice it, but it's one of those things that you just don't mention. <laughs> so it's just me laughing at and or saying the inappropriate thing once again. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> what is the female peacock? It's not her. The female isn't named a peacock. 
We'll have right? to ask one of our birder fans. Oh my God. I don't even think that that's a real way to say that, but maybe. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Female peacock. Do you want to hear some of, um, some of my, the, the pun names I found that people named their birds? Yes. <laughs> yes. So Stephen Squawking. Love that. <laughs> Quacky Chan. Oh my God. <laughs> Chandler Wing. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> Millennium uh, Squawking. Uh, even Falcon works though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I almost said it. That's why I was like, wait a minute, what did I? <laughs> Parrot Hilton. <laughs> Christopher Squawkin. Oh my God. It's good. It's good. Do you think he can dance to Weapon of Choice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I sent that to Christina after. Have you seen the Weapon of Choice video? No. Oh my God, it's so good. We'll send it to you. But is Christopher Walken like being super serious and dancing to Flatboy Slim? It's really, like, and he's kind of good. Like, is he's it real? awesome. Is it real? Yeah. It feels like it should be CGI because he moves kind of cool. Like, I think he's classically trained. That is insane. Um, and then we've got, uh, the Godfeather. Oh, yeah. That's Feather. good. And Marty McFly. Ah! Yeah. That's very cute. Okay. Okay. Here's what a female peacock's name is. A peahen. Okay. So then now we're really sexualizing the term peacock. If that's what <laughs> male peacock is called. And it's well, only reserved for male peacock. Yeah. Like, isn't the male, like, rooster a cock? Yes. So it's, they're just putting the word P in front of it. Okay. Yes, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's still weird. But it sounds like you're saying, oh, that guy's peahen over there. Like it can totally go into like all these jokes, like as in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and together, together they're called peafowl. Okay. So, I, mean, <laughs> I know that didn't make it any better, but you can see sort of, I don't even know. Who are these people, these birders? <laughs> I am outraged. Foul fans. <laughs> these foul fans, these foul, I don't know, aviators. I keep saying aviators, and that's not even what close to... These foul atrium visitors. Yeah. <laughs> Birds are not in my knowledge wheelhouse when it comes to animals, I will no. say. <laughs> no, no. Me neither. But clearly uh, we're, like, missing out on, like, a lot. Yeah, I mean. There are, um, there are turkeys that are next to uh, Stephen's work, uh, my partner's work, and uh, they are massive you know how when you see turkeys in the wild, they look they look like wild turkeys. They don't look like your Thanksgiving turkey. 
These turkeys look, they're absolutely massive. They look like uh, one of those little cutouts that, you know, you decorate your home or table with. Like, they're just huge. And, and I guess they just live in the tree right above his office. And they, and they totally are not afraid of you at all. And the three males, it's a, a three bachelors, and they they will come up to you and um, get right close to you. And then as soon as you turn your back, these mother cluckers chase after you and they will nip you. Yeah. Dang, that's aggressive. I know. And it's very sneaky. They like wait till you have your back turned. But anyways, even I, I, I almost, I was very tempted to just put them in my car and bring them home. <laughs> but I was like, these guys are fine. They're clearly got very well fed, um, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, I already have one super sassy manipulative bird chicken. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need any other sneaky birds around. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky birds. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm out of facts and history and knowledge. What about you, Sarah? Uh, I, the, you know, I think the only thing left to say really is blue-footed booby. <laughs> yep, blue-footed booby. <laughs> I feel like everyone grew up knowing that one. I Is I, it just me? <laughs> I don't know what it looks like. They literally have blue feet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're blue all over. I can't picture it, but we'll, I mean, we'll have to put one on our Instagram or something. Yeah, their feet are super duper blue. Um, I will probably at some point see one in the wild and start screaming blue-footed booby and chasing after it. And um, yeah, that's pretty much why. <laughs> what am I, an animal? <laughs> Maybe you're the blue-footed booby. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got it and chasing it. <laughs> I don't even know where to find them. Like, I've never seen one in the wild. I want to guess Canada, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so random and I love it. I feel like they're found on, like, an island somewhere far away. I don't know. I don't All know. Right. Well, I'm going to dive into a blue-footed booby hole, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> you don't say that every day. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining us on Laughing with Gingers. And thank you, Maddie, for coming back for part two. Yeah. This Yay! is so much fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and let people know how to stay up to date with Living with Pickles and finding you online and all that fun stuff. Yeah, everything's just Living with Pickles. Just spelled out as it is. Um, yeah, and our website's livingwithpickles.com, but don't go there. Go to Instagram because our website isn't the best. <laughs> but Instagram <laughs> is great. That's where all the good stuff is. It's or your Patreon. Or, yeah, we have a Patreon as well, um, which you can also find on our Instagram bio. So, yeah, it's all there for you. Yeah, you get all this good behind-the-scenes stuff and 
fun time. So definitely check it out. And um, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, um, you know, just uh, I'll just spread some love and positivity and tell everybody I hope you're you're doing well. And, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to plug. I just uh, want to spread positivity and people want to come to Instagram and hang out with us there and all the cute animals, then we'd love to have you. Cool. I love, I love it too. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Laughing with Gingers. A funny podcast with two feisty redheads who happen to have the loudest laughs ever. And we tell each other crazy stories to see who can make the other laugh the loudest. So follow us on Instagram at Laughing with Gingers and we'll post uh, blue-footed booby stories. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can also submit funny stories through our Instagram. So slip into our DMs. Yes, and you can find us on Patreon. Also, if you want to support our lighthearted, funny podcast, um, we are live taped. There are lots of awkward moments, and you'll get to see all the red things everyone puts on their head. We didn't address that Maddie had a, a fireman's hat on for this episode. <laughs> it feels so natural. <laughs> <laughs> Made it this far. <laughs> I know. Yes, I've been wearing a fire hat this entire time because I'm not a redhead, but, but, you know, I'm wearing a red fire hat. So I have red on my honorary red. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, without wearing my hat. So (sighs) really funny. We didn't say anything. (laughs) I know. I feel like Steven, like walked by and just looked over at me and he's probably really confused as to why I'm like wearing a like a little six-year-old kid's like, plastic fire hat <laughs> talking in this microphone <laughs> uh, I love it. there can only be one reason and that reason is laughing with gingers yeah <laughs> yeah love it <laughs> I feel like laughing with gingers makes everyone bust out their old Halloween costumes <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, tune in to Laughing with Gingers next week and we will see who can make the other one laugh the loudest. Bye guys. Bye everybody. Yay. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.